Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Emerson is about his cynical life advice videos. Uh, they're listed in the podcast description. Emerson is a longtime friend. He's a close friend. I'm glad we're doing these episodes. I don't know if we'd be doing these episodes if not for the pandemic. We probably would be occasionally emailing each other throughout the year like we usually do and maybe see each other once every few years. So it's one of the highlights of the the end of the pandemic is getting to, do, to talk to Emerson every week. So I hope you enjoy this show. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating. We now have a Patreon account. It's super easy. Um, sooner or later, we will be doing live shows again. Until then, consider what you would give at that live show, but via Patreon. Um, there's lots of tiers. There's essentially like buy us a drink at the show tier. If you could afford that, awesome. If not, we completely understand. Here's Emerson. I guess the question for any thing ever is why are you doing what you're doing so why are you making these videos how to start over how to make big decisions etc why are you doing these i've always been interested in self-help and life advice uh, i think it reading self-help books is a is a good way to understand uh, certain aspects of american capitalism and there's some good advice in there i mean especially if you're uh have a lot of anxiety and depression and kind of a jaundiced view of the world. Uh, you know, there are like practical time management tips and attitude adjustments that they can help. So I'm somewhat familiar with that canon. And I started making little videos for work a few years ago. Uh, I worked for a biotech startup and uh, I had downloaded this program that basically you could put text on videos and put music in the back and voiceovers. And it's not the most sophisticated thing in the world, uh, but you know, you can make a little video inside of an hour or two and then have a little commercial that you can put out on the web. And uh, then the third thing that went into this was at near the beginning of lockdown, a lot of people in the arts and comedy worlds that I knew were trying to keep the dream alive to set up little interesting ways for people to get together online and do creative projects. And uh, one of those was a comedy theater here called the Ruby did something called the the micro sketch fest where you could submit a comedy sketch that was no longer than 60 seconds mm. and then we would get together on saturday and just watch all of these and it was a lot of fun it was just little rapid fire ideas that people came up with in a couple of weeks and you know just made something happen with the uh both the constraints and the liberties that that we had in the early days of lockdown, where a lot of people were just spending all of their time in a room by themselves. And the, the idea that I had was just, um, what if I made a self-help video that was just telling people to give up and get over themselves? Because I think that's good advice. Uh, it's helped me, and I thought you know there might be a way to uh, to do it in a fun, unexpected way. And 
it, I had so much fun making that video that uh, later on and as the summer dragged on uh, and I was like, my cat died and I was have, going through it, basically just having a bad time. And I started doing these again, just as, as a, as a creative outlet. And that's where I made a little series of them. And it's, uh, of the ways that I've passed the time and done little dumb creative projects to get through the last year, that's been one of the most fun. You also make it clear that, like, well, not you don't make it clear, but one of the things that you have to have a, a list of three options, but one of them cannot be suicide. Right. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, that that's off the table. It's not completely explicitly. No, it's, uh, making counterintuitive decisions within reason. So there's only a handful of things I, I I think people need to live by all people, be it the golden rule or the 10 commandments or whatever. And one of those mm-hmm. to me was taught to us on, this is legit. What in the, on the first day of high school. And I think the principal at the time um, said, she said two things, look to your left and look to your right. One of these two people will not graduate with you. And that was actually true. <laughs> And then you went other, to Catholic school. I went to Catholic right? school. And then the other thing okay. was um, all things in moderation. And I actually agree with him. And that actually gets to one of the stills in one of these films, which is it's a good decision to make bad decisions in moderation. Yeah, excess in moderation yeah. is how I've heard it Which described. is actually totally fine. Like, I do believe that you can go to a buffet and go nuts, but you can't do it every day. Like, you could do it once a month or something like that. And... You could do certain drugs occasionally and be fine. You could have certain drinks, whatever, but you can't drink a gallon of vodka because you'll die. No. So that's not moderation. And you can't do heroin because you can't do heroin in moderation unless you're like Anthony Kiedis, then you're fine. But for the most part, there are certain things that are built in that you cannot do moderately and, so, and most everything else you can. And that's actually like a guiding principle in my life. So when you're you're doing something that's both sincere uh, but you're making fun of something that's inherently, I guess, twee. I'm trying to think of like how I would describe self-help videos, but um, it's a little cringe. Yeah, it's a little cringy. There's some truth into this stuff. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, a, a lot of it is stuff I actually believe, and some of it is notes to self because uh, they made the bulk of these. I was, I did feel coming unraveled and Mm -hmm. you know some of it is things that i would say to someone that was feeling the way i was feeling so you're talking to yourself yeah more more or less that's not a bad thing i don't think no i think it's where um where most good ideas come from did you hear the Uh, helicopter i sort of have been What's that? Could you hear the helicopter? No, I could not. Okay. It's very loud in Washington, D.C. There's always a helicopter. I apologize. Please continue. What? People are getting ready for what's going to happen with the Chauvin trial. Oh, yeah. You're actually right. Probably. Yep. That's probably going to happen today. Cool, 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 cool. Um, Where are you right now? Anyway. <laughs> I'm in Venice right now. Do, did anything happen in the summer in Venice? Last summer, last summer. 
Uh, it just I, I've I moved here over the holidays, oh, okay. but downtown, yes, very much. Uh, I lived in downtown LA when the first round of protests happened, mm-hmm. and it was insane. Uh, yeah. There was I. The, the, I could watch the helicopter feeds from helicopters that were right over my building mm. and see, uh, like, get close-up views of the police barricades. That then I could look out the window and see uh, with my own eyes. And there, were, I definitely had a headache for a couple of weeks that never went away. Yeah. Um, are, is anything boarded up near you right now? No, uh, and they did board everything up the the weekend before the election. Okay, so I think they're not. They're maybe uh, I don't know. I think people are being way too optimistic about this. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't know. Do you? Well, before we started recording, we, did, we were talking about vaccinations, and you've mm-hmm. had your first. I'm done. And do you think that maybe that will change things in any way? Maybe that's why it... I think it's bound to. Okay. Uh, and it, you do feel a little different after you get it. Like we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, in our roaring twenties mm-hmm. discussion, what the possible uh, effects of this are going to be. And now that I've, now that I'm half vaxxed or supposedly like 70% uh, not able to get, coronavirus anymore it does it, it it's hitting a little different okay I, I am really excited about uh getting back out and i think it's going to be awkward and weird at first but it will be a real relief um and i think it's also going to be interesting to look back on some of the creative work that kind of specifically came out of the constraints of of lockdown like um, the Nick Cave and Warren Ellis Carnage album mm-hmm. is sort of an going to be an artifact of lockdown, and uh, a lot of the videos that I've seen uh, people make during these micro sketch fe- fests and other things that were created specifically so that people could keep doing creative performance type stuff online through lockdown looking back on all of that is going to be really interesting. I think like it will be interesting to see what aesthetic patterns emerge and how people deal with grief in a situation of extreme imposed claustrophobia. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be an interesting time. Do you think that you're going to do things that, previous to the pandemic you wouldn't have done because it would be too i guess outside of your comfort zone or outside of what you enjoy in life does this make sense yes and i think that the answer to that is definitely yes okay uh i'm gonna try to spend a lot more time with people Mm, i'm inclined to spend a lot of time by myself and the more time i spend by myself the more weird it gets to uh to go out and hang out. And I think what I'm discovering is that uh, it's, I'm a lot happier when I get over that hump yeah. and just make that more of a thing. I'm uh, very much looking forward to being able to see people outside of my yard. <laughs> yeah, it's, I did not appreciate being able to do that whenever I wanted. 
Here's the thing is I did. So it's, I didn't learn anything from this. I already knew all these things. <laughs> this was not a learning I, I, experience for me. I felt like I had a bit of an advantage, at least at first, because I'm predisposed to spending a lot of time by myself. And uh, it, you know, it was really nice to not have to go into work every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the same time, the whole uh, milieu was just drenched in this whole new kind of grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I had dealt with depression most of my life. So in a way, I was primed for that. Uh, yeah. I think now I now I'm really excited about uh just taking more interpersonal risks and getting involved in things that I wouldn't have necessarily gotten involved with before. Dude, this makes me think there's going to be like a giant boom in improv comedy, which I am not looking forward to. You know, uh I've done improv and I'm really drawn to the idea of just making something cool immediately, which is kind of how what one of the things I like about those videos is it's very little time and effort. And like if you have a couple of hours, you can just sit down, write some jokes, and then have a product you know in a very short amount of time. And if you're the kind of person that errs more on the side of over-laboring things or over-tinkering or like when I'm writing something, it takes forever because I need to go back and work on it repeatedly to get it to where I want. And then as soon as I put it out in the world, it's I already am seeing new things wrong with it. Whereas in improv forces you into the opposite of that. And you like you're the the promise of improv is you make something kind of magical out of nothing immediately. You go into the improv context and you leave having created something, and it leads to really intense intimacy among people that do it, which is why you know it has some cult like aspects. Sure. But um, most of the improv that I've done, and you know, with some with the exceptions of like the top tier improvisers it can it 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 tends to be more fun for the people doing it yes. than it is for the people watching it yes i think also i was spoiled because when i was a teenager before i was 18 but so between 16 and 18 one of the very few things you could do in chicago for free at that age was go to the improv Olympic. Cause every Saturday night at, or every Friday and Saturday night at midnight, they had their show it was a jam or something like that. And right. Like I said, it was free. And it was one of the very few things you could do under a certain age. So we would go all the time and like TJ and Dave were like regulars there. So I was seeing like the best of the best for free at like 17. So then by the time I'm like 21 and I'm seeing my peers doing, it, I'm like, this is fucking horrible. <laughs> So it's yeah, like, I guess it, it, it's sort of punk, and it, I think good ideas come out of getting into clown mode that way. Especially oh, if sure. you're if you're like me, and you tend to be a little bit neurotic and not give yourself enough freedom to just screw around and do something bad. 
Uh, I think you have, in my experience, you have to do a lot of bad and mediocre work in order to do anything good. Of course. But in no way am I yeah, discrediting it, that. I'm just saying I saw literally the best improv in the world for free at 17. Why do I want to watch anything but that? So I'm already ruined. Yeah, I think as as someone who performs, you know that the most damning thing that someone can say to you after a show is it looked like you were having fun up there. Oh, I would disagree. The worst thing someone could say to you after a show would be like, I want to fight you, which has happened to me. So that's that's the worst thing. I stand corrected. <laughs> no, if someone says that, I'm like, great, I was having fun. I don't, I don't, I don't care about the context of why you're telling me that stuff. Like, it's just a nice thing to say, even if you don't mean it, even if you think the thing was horrible. Hey, you just gave a compliment. I'll take it. Maybe, maybe I don't know what that says about me, but I'm cool with it. Like, if I'm oblivious to all the insults I've received, I am not hurting because of that. You see my point? Well, let let the record show that I I hope that the if there is a boom in improv, it happens without violent incident. <laughs> yeah, yeah, improv. There will be more improv. A lot of it will be terrible. There's no need to to escalate. No, I'll be that. the I'll be the guy getting violently threatened because I said all the guns should be melted, stuff like that. Yeah, you did antagonize the people that you probably shouldn't have but why not what else is going to happen what could happen well if you if you antagonize the anti-gun people what are they going to do about it i don't know i'm not knives. antagonizing the anti-gun people i'm with them right but they're less threatening yeah yeah no matter what <laughs> like everyone it doesn't matter what i'm saying is in a weird way the videos that you're making are not that dissimilar to my ethos as well yeah, ultimately, it's um, things tend to come out in the wash yeah. in life. Well, you, you have a way with words that I don't. You have a jaundiced view of the world. Um, have you always felt like you've had a jaundiced view of the world? Yeah, it definitely sunk in early. Um, I grew up in a pretty small town and I think felt alienated from the world I was in kind of early and spent a lot of time reading and writing and listening to music and kind of building my own little world. And yeah, I think part of having a lot of dark intrusive thoughts is just turning them into joke fodder. It's a, it's always been a component of my survival. It's, yeah, I was a lot more dark before I had a kid. So I, it's it's a pointless hypothetical to wonder like how the coronavirus would have happened, how it would have played out if I didn't have a child, because this is my this is my life. You know what I mean? So, but right, I don't know. I, I I think I'm just too tired to, yeah, I'm just too tired, and I'm like I don't have a problem sleeping at all ever because I have a kid. So those things that keep people up at night, I don't have because I'm. I'm I'm saying I don't have them, but like I, they're not working right now. If that makes sense. So in a weird way, I feel somewhat bulletproof to a lot of past emotions. There's a yeah. I think the the curse that a lot of people have is taking on a lot of problems that they can't do anything about. Yeah, uh, I think I, if you're up yeah. all night sweating out things that are happening on the world stage that you have very little control over that can break you down uh, in in a 
severe way, but if you're if you're raising a kid, there's almost always something you can do. Oh yeah. And if you're sure. focused, if that's your world and that's where your focus is, then I think you know, you have a sense of agency because you have this profound responsibility to this life that you've helped create. And there's almost always something you can do to make things a little better. And um, it's a lot more concrete. Exactly. Especially yeah, it's right there. Yeah. This person is breathing and crapping and crying and eating in front of you. And it's all very visceral and in the moment. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to do most anything that your videos are talking about because like you don't, you're just worried about the next minute versus the next year from now or, or anyone outside of the circle. That's not in this room. Does that make sense? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's pretty great. But, uh, <laughs> but for others, it's the worst thing in the world. So like, I feel good about my station in life now i just sound like i'm bragging well i mean it's i i think it seems like people in our age cohort are waiting longer to have kids and yeah. i think that's generally a good thing yeah i'd agree with that i mean i i don't know if i would have had a kid if i had not graduated from therapy prior to having a kid does this make like so i went to therapy yeah. for like the two years leading up to getting married and then like another year after so this is like 2011 to 2014 ish. And my therapist essentially graduated me. She's like, you know, you're just like, oh, nice. like there's nothing to, I'm essentially doing monologues to see if they work. Right. So I didn't see your therapist again until, um, my wife and I got the news that we we're going to have a kid. So I was like, all right, it's been like four years. It's time to go back. And I'm incredibly glad I did. And I really wish I didn't have to stop because she actually stopped <laughs> doing their stop working at the start of March of 2020. So she didn't, she didn't want your money anymore. Yeah. So she got out at the right time or the worst time, depending on how in demand you want to be. But I felt like I had a giant, I guess, leap for or advantage than most everyone else in this pandemic. Once again, yeah, I think there, at least if I've, I've, I've felt this way for a while, but I feel this way very strongly now that, Therapy should be free. Mm -hmm. uh, it should be available to everyone, and I would consider making it mandatory. Yeah, at least a mandatory check-in. Right. Yeah. The the same way that you kind of have to get your teeth checked. Yeah. Also, free dental care. I pitched this to uh, Penny Lane, the director of uh, a lot of documentaries. Most recent one was about the Church of Satan, and I am convinced that if the Church of Satan said our only religious tenant is free dental care. You could probably get 10% of the American population saying I'm a, I'm a card carrying member of the church of Satan. I thought about running for office on a, uh, a platform of banning scooters and whatever, whatever insane crap I actually wanted to do. <laughs> you just um, think people hate scooters so cause, much? Cause I feel like I, yeah, I could drive all. I could drive voter turnout just with the anti-scooter plank, and then do like full space communism, uh, but just be a little bit more quiet about that. I love that idea. Here's my one issue with it. I bet you start taking scooters this summer. Probably. Yeah, they seem like the best way to get around, especially in LA, especially post-vaccine. I'm gonna buy. I'm thinking about buying an old bike, but I might end up splitting the difference and getting a scooter instead. Uh, 
how much are you willing to spend? That would make me a terrible hypocrite. Yeah. Um, like four hundred, maybe. Oh, yeah, you can get at, a good at the that. most. Uh, yeah, I would think so. I'm at the point in life where um, I'm visiting Chicago enough, and I have a place to store a bike. I'm like, should I just buy like two of everything for there? Like, like I sound like I'm bragging, but I really just want like a broken down everything. Maybe it's just maybe I'm thinking of like Armageddon mind. So the last having kids expensive. There's no news there, but. I'm on like every right. neighborhood listserv simply for the fact that you can pretty much fill a house on a weekly basis with the amount of free shit people give away. I used to be on free cycle and there was, you could get crazy stuff yeah. off of that. So like I have literally $400 in Brio sitting behind me for when the, kid, <laughs> when the kid turns like a certain age. So he'll understand how to play with it that I got for free, like that kind of stuff. Right. So I'm like, should I just start hoarding bikes but but like why would I do what is wrong with me? I think that's the like part of the pandemic that's gonna stick with me. Yeah, that's one thing that I have in common with uh, some other uh, recovering addicts is a certain weird hoarding behaviors. So what are you hoarding uh, right now? Uh, well, I have a lot of toilet paper. Oh yeah, that's probably for the best. Uh, that's put the uh, that's toilet paper shortage put the fear of God in me, yeah. and I'm stocked up. Uh, I used to have a bunch of vitamin supplements that were expired that like I I never got around to using. Uh, mostly, it's uh, and I, you know you don't have to be uh, a drunk to experience a lot of financial and practical precarity but i think if you have and at this point a lot of people have it can trigger certain hoarding behaviors where you feel like you know bad times are coming and you want to have more fortifications than you think you're realistically going to need yeah yeah it's a bad time but it's a good time it's a time yep as 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 ever what's the first thing you're going to do once you're fully vaccinated that you've been wanting um, to do? I will probably go see my uh, brother and my sister-in-law and my nieces. Uh, we've been doing a lot of Zoom calls and uh, kind of br- bringing that relationship back online has been really gratifying for me. Uh, I remember before all of this started, watching Pixar movies with my niece was one of the nicest experiences that I had that, that previous year. So I'd like to go do some of that. Uh, the ecstatic dances on Venice beach are, are coming back. Uh, that's where you just, it's silent disco. So you go out and put on some headphones and just jump around like an idiot. I'm probably going to do some of that. Uh, you know, start more consciously getting in shape. So a lot of walks around the neighborhood. Just, I'm going to take it in increments. That's good, man. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I know you're missing that. I'm going to spend a lot of time in one specific grocery store that has a lot of different foods that aren't readily available online or from Whole Foods. Yeah, I think you're going to get a lot out of that. You, Me, Them, Everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at youmethemeverybody.com. If you're listening to this in Spotify 
or on iTunes. The last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you, me, them, everybody.com. Our Patreon page is on our About page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff, at sign Y-M-T-E. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping, friends and 